0: Hey, you're on air with Ella. And today we're joined by my friend and esteemed colleague, my French-Canadian gal pal, Stephanie Dodier. Hey, Stephanie, how are you?
1: Hey, sister, and hi to all the beautiful listener out there.
0: Can I please just apologize for saying gal pal? I'd like to apologize to the world (laughs) at large. I love it. I don't know where that came from. Weird things happen sometimes when you turn the microphone on. Go with the (laughs) flow. You guys, I have worked with Stephanie a couple of times now. I had the honor of being on her show, the Beyond the Food podcast. And I've also done a video for a program that Stephanie's putting together. That's free that I will be sharing with you guys. Honestly, Stephanie, it's one of the best video interviews I've ever done. And it was an honor to be able to do it with you. But I actually really want people to hear it. So I'm going to share the heck out of that when it goes live. Stephanie, your whole identity, your whole brand, your whole platform is going beyond the food. What does that mean? It
1: means helping myself, as simple as that. So I have a very long-standing relationship with food that I started at the age of 11 that had to do with me being alone and eating sweets and baking goods and starting to gain weight. And my whole life up to the age of 36 has been about in and out of dieting my whole life. And in the last five years, I've been looking for solution and Finding what really gonna help me and what I found was the concept of going beyond the food, which is stopping looking at just the food and exercise as a mean to lose weight and heal my relationship to food, but discovering that the body, the mind and the human being is so much more than that. So looking at digestive health, looking at mindset, looking at motivation like we just did uh, a week ago for my new program, like looking at everything else but food as a mean of healing myself.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing that we have in common as we're both sort of evolving along this journey. But we have another thing in common too, Stephanie, and that is our corporate background. So tell us a little (laughs) bit about how you got here.
1: So when I referred to the whole 36 years old is, so at that point, I was 36 corporate world to the T vice president of a big organization. And I climbed up on stage one day to do a talk to my employees. And I literally collapsed before saying the first word. Oh, gosh. So, like, on stage, collapse, I had I don't know how many thousands of people in front of me. And at that point, I was 300 plus pounds, smoked a pack a day, ate at McDonald every day, worked 100 hours a day, you know, the whole typical corporate lifestyle. So they shipped me to the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack. Six hours later, this cute little doctor at the end of the bed was like tapping on my feet, telling me, your heart is OK. I don't know how, but you're healthy from the heart. But you had a panic attack. Like me a panic attack never in my life went back to work Monday morning about to do a national conference call I pressed the mute button to start talking guess what happened another panic attack.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: I'm sitting alone in my office I have 1000s of people on the phone and I can't talk because I can't breathe <laughs> so literally my so that's when the whole like my body is telling me something like. Ended up at the doctor, got prescribed anti-depression, anti-anxiety medication. Coming out of that office with that prescription in my hand, I had what we call, what I call my world, a Yoda moment. (laughs) Like literally looking at the prescription pause for a minute to know that although I did business for 15 years and did very well at it my background is health science so back to looking at the prescription I'm looking at the name of the medication on there. I'm like oh my god if I start this I'll never finish it like I'm going to be on medication for the rest of my life I threw it out and I started this journey of looking for other solution
0: oh my gosh that is such a dramatic entrance into this journey where did you start like literally what did you do
1: I did what most people do. I went to losing weight, changing my diet and exercising mm-hmm. because that's what I was taught in school when I did my degree in health science. That's what the marketing tells us. Like you want to lose weight, you got to reduce what you eat and exercise more. And I did that with great success. And a year later i lost launched a whole bunch of weight and I was still depressed. And as soon as I was letting go of the control of my food, I would binge, I would crave, I would overeat. And then I would apply control back because I didn't want to gain weight and then carry on until I would let go again. And then the binge would happen again. And I'm like, there has to be something there. And then I started reading books and I came across a lady named Louise Hay and Dr. Carolyn Miss who talked about the whole connection between your thought and your desire and your action. I'm like, no killing. Like I'm like destroying myself in my own head every single minute. I'm negative towards myself. No wonder why I seek food to make myself feel better.
0: So I'm so interested in this because a lot of people who have extraordinary journeys like yourself, it sounds awesome almost neat and tidy in retrospect you know what I mean you're like oh "Oh, everything went to hell and then I had a revelation and then I dealt with it and then the best way that I knew how and then I realized that that wasn't enough so I fixed it and part of it is because we're talking backwards so we're wrapping up a whole lot of years of trial and tribulation and it just sounds tidier frankly when you are speaking in retrospect but Stephanie you and I both know that it's so much messier than that Ooh. and so much more difficult than that when you're in it right
1: <laughs> nasty messy and we were just I was telling you before we started like she asked me How, how's it going i'm like okay do you want the truth or do you want the reality <laughs> And I started listing everything that went wrong in my life today, as we're speaking, because it's nasty, it's messy. So yeah, we put this image that life is good. And it was easy. And it was like, no issue when in fact, like, I was like, I don't know how many times I ended up on the floor in my living room curled into a ball, just bawling my eyes out.
0: Well, I want you to take us back there for a second because you lose a bunch of weight. The outside world must have been celebrating you and oh. applauding your efforts. And, you know, I bet you were getting a lot of positive feedback. Was Is that right?
1: Oh, yeah. My picture on a poster across like 150 gym across the country and like totally positive reinforcement because I've achieved what everybody wants to achieve.
0: Right. And yet it's not working. Like it's not enough. So what? happened to you? What was that like when you sort of came to the realization? Well, I got everything I wanted, except it's nothing that I wanted. Like, take us back to that place and tell me what that was like for you.
1: It was panicking. It was sitting in my office. I'm on the verge of like leaving my job and I'm realizing that I am not happy that I'm really depressed. And then it's like, I'm at the end of a precipice. And I don't know what I'm going to fall into because everything that I know, everything that I feel is wrong and it's not the truth. I felt like I was lying to myself. The world was lying to me. I something the other piece that's very important and many listener will, will recognize themselves there. I thought there was something deeply wrong with me alone because everybody else around me that lost weight, seem to be happy. And everybody puts this like social media face on that life is good. Mm -hmm. And then I'm alone in my living room, curl into a ball crying. And nobody else talks about that. So something is deeply wrong with me.
0: I think a lot of people associate those feelings with hitting rock bottom. And I think very few people talk about what happens when you achieve what you want. Maybe you've achieved financial success, or maybe you've got the job that you've been wanting in the corner office, or maybe you finally got married and that was a destination goal of yours. And then you get there and you look around and you're sort of like, Is this it? (laughs) Is this is this what this feels like? Because it's still me. I'm. It's still me. I'm here with me, right? And Mm -hmm. that can be the most lonely feeling in the world. So, so then, what did the next evolution look like for you? What happened then?
1: I read the book, uh, The Anatomy of the Spirit, of Doctor Carolyn Miss, uh, which I think should be a fundamental for anyone who wants to heal themselves completely and wholly. And she described me. She's like talking about like her own journey and how her thoughts were constantly negative and she thought she was wrong. And then there was a lot of emotion bundled up in her body. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not alone. And there's a solution. There's a solution if I am only willing to shed the layer and get to the truth and put the truth out and stop like putting BS out to the world that everything is fine, but actually being vulnerable the big v word mm-hmm. and being vulnerable asking for help and being in the place that I can learn from other people on different way of approaching life that is probably the most significant piece is the vulnerability because in my career in the corporate world, as you likely know, we have to put this image of warrior, right? We are strong. There's nothing wrong with us. We have no emotion, especially when you evolve in the world that's completely male dominated. Like I had 23 male and one female working for me. So that gives you the, the idea. So I had to come back, be vulnerable and be willing to be a student and learn how to think and act differently. And that was like tremendously weakening for me.
0: What happened in your professional life as all of this was going on? Because I imagine this is impossible to separate once it really gets down to the root level. How was that reflected in your professional life?
1: I could not go on with this image. I could not go on with this layer of putting everything forward as being perfect and being this warrior. So I became more raw more truth and i became to i began to express different point of view in my corporate environment which didn't fit very well so in the matter of like a year i become i became sorry a low performer because i was no longer holding the company line fortunately enough the company got bought out so i the universe came into my world and saying like you're going in the right direction is shedding this and being truly who you are here's a way out And I was presented with this opportunity to leave. And then I recognized that this was an opportunity. And that's when I decided to go back to school.
0: Isn't it amazing how when we open ourselves up to opportunities and to self-awareness, how things will unfurl quite magically oftentimes. And frankly, it's not magic. I mean, where you put your energy is where your attention goes and then what you attract to you. And it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it led you now to helping other people get unstuck, right? How would you describe what you do now?
1: So yeah, absolutely. So I opened a clinic four years ago, and I started with a traditional model of nutrition, which is to teach people how to eat better and give them meal plan. And then after a year, people were either not getting the result or getting the result, but going backwards. And I'm like, wow, it's not only me, it's the rest of the world that's just like me. So I started to pursue this going beyond the food, like through my own journey, of evolution through, through this concept of going beyond the food and starting helping other people understand this concept. So that's how the podcast came to life with the going beyond the food and then seeking experts like you, like, or, which are amazing at helping understanding the whole concept of motivation. For an example, coming to a platform where they can affect Thousands of other women or, or men, but mostly women in my case, and then teaching them those elements that they need to know to achieve this level of joy and happiness. That's far beyond just the weight in their physical appearance.
0: And that's where Stephanie and I are soul sisters is because we both like came to this place through the portal of wellness, if you will. And, (laughs) and then in our own journeys, as well as the journey that we want to experience with you is we're just like, Oh, my gosh. If it were about food, it would actually be so much easier. But it is like we we made food the thing and food isn't the thing, Stephanie. (laughs) It's everything else. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. God, two years of post-secondary education and nutrition to realize that it has nothing to do with it. Like you can't eat McDonald's like every single day and eat crap food. But you also cannot just look at food. What you need to look at is the reason why you eat what is your intention behind food? Why are you eating when you're not hungry? Why are you overeating? The, the, your relationship to food, your eating behavior is your soul speaking.
0: Your eating behavior is your soul speaking. Tell me more about that.
1: One of the the deepest relationship we have with our environment, our external environment is food. That's one of the only thing that in air that we actually put into our body. So we have this relationship with external elements in our environment, which is food. And it brings us both physical and emotional pleasure. So food brings us nutrients and vitamin that we need to thrive, sustain and live but it also brings us an emotional component, such as dopamine rush when we eat carbohydrates, for an example, that we need to also live. The question is, example, when we eat sugar and we have this dopamine and serotonin rush in our body that makes us feel high and good, are we doing it from a place of lack? Are we doing it from a place of intention? Are we doing it from a place of temporary relief. What is the intention behind this high that we're providing to our body?
0: Okay. So you moved from, is it fair to say what we eat into a world of why we eat? Yes. And this is so interesting. And you and I talk all the time. So I already know a little bit of how you think here, but I struggle with this. I really do. I get very stuck in the why do we eat? Why do I want to eat that? Why am I feeling this way? What feeling am I trying to experience right now with food? I get sort of stuck in that conversation. What is useful here? And and I have to say, let's, let me put this on the table. I think it's very easy to get super caught up in the debate, the head game with yourself about, mm-hmm. you know, why you're eating and is it your mother and is it... <laughs> <laughs> whose fault mm-hmm. is it that you're eating right now? <laughs> I think it's easy to get carried away with that and forget that at the end of the day, it's your choice and your habit.
1: Totally. So it is our choice. Is it? It is an habit. Totally agree with you. But where we sometimes have a different viewpoint is that I believe and I have experienced that that habit, that choice of action. Comes from a place of lack of emotional care or emotional experience. So if we don't experience enough positive emotion through other means than food, through our relationship with our, with our partner, with our work, with our self care habits, we may seek food as a way of feeling that positive emotion. For some people, it could be alcohol, for some people it could be exercise, like there's different type of addiction. However, one of the most common one from a female perspective is food. We use food as a mean of fulfilling emotion that we are not getting from somewhere else.
0: That is very hard to disagree with. I mean, I I absolutely know that that's true and I'm not sure there's anything wrong with seeking pleasure or fulfillment from food and nor do I think that you're suggesting that there is, but there certainly is some usefulness in understanding that that is what's happening. But- So what, what do you do about it? Let's say somebody is stressed out and they're not fulfilled at home or they're not fulfilled at work and they are seeking comfort and pleasure from food. Is that bad? Are they supposed to change it? How do you counsel people?
1: So I would say it's normal. So number one, the universe put food on our, our food on the planet and our table from a nutrition perspective, but also from an emotional perspective, so acknowledging that seeking emotional relief through food is normal it is the quantity of that we're doing so for an example if you are stressed to the point where you need to eat or that's your way of relieving stress is through eating but you're stressing every single night from 7 to 8 p.m and you eat everything in sight that's a problem coping with stress with food will only get you to a certain point and it will actually get you into more trouble that it is through the process of gaining weight that it is through a process of inflammation because you're eating junk food as a means to cope with stress. There's something that will end up happening to you because you've overabused this coping mechanism. How about instead of using food, we're going to learn other method of coping with our emotion. How about if we meditate? How about if we practice a type of movement that brings relaxation in us? How about if we just learn to breathe? How about if we journal as a means of releasing the stress instead of going to food? Does that make sense?
0: Yes. And Stephanie helps so many women sort of unravel this and and see it for what it is. And you know me. You know, I believe there's such power in self-awareness mm-hmm. and that half the time just understanding these things and calling them what they are takes so much of their power away. But let's talk about the elephant in the room here, at least for me. I don't know if it is for anybody else, but where is the line? Like, Steph, where's the line between saying oh, I'm stressed out. I use food as a coping mechanism. I probably shouldn't do that because it's not serving me. Mm. So I should probably explore other means of fulfillment. Okay, so that all sounds good and healthy, right? And then on the other end of the pendulum, if you will, is deprivation or the flip side of that coin is deprivation. I can't have that. I shouldn't eat. I'm only eating because I'm stressed out and that is bad because deprivation almost always always has a bounce back, Mm. right? Like, do you have, do you ever experience the swing between deprivation and then overcompensation?
1: Totally yin and yang. That's my life. Like overdoing it or underdoing it. Like where's the happy medium between (laughs) the two, right? So I want to come back to the, what's the line, right? What's the happy medium? Yeah. I think the happy medium and the line in my viewpoint is when there's no shame, shame, guilt around food, As soon as there is shame, guilt, or any type of negative emotion towards your eating behavior, you've gone too far or too restricted. Because there's what I call, and I don't like calling them that, but normal eater. People who Mm -hmm. just don't, like you ask them, do you have an emotional relationship to food? I don't know. I just eat. I'm hungry, I eat. I'm not hungry, I don't eat. Like they don't have this correlation or this connection to food. And there's no shame or guilt for them around food. It's never even crossing their whole life in their mind that there could be guilt or shame around food. It's just food. What do you mean? It's just food.
0: How do you help people move from those feelings of guilt and shame associated with emotional eating, for example, into a more neutral space? What does that transition look like in real life?
1: Real life is a lot of awareness. So I have something called the Crave Cure. The Crave Cure formula is a place where you become more self aware of your behavior. So what I ask people to do and do this exercise at home, the next time you have a craving. So the first thing you need to understand is the difference between physical and emotional craving. So being hungry because your stomach is empty is a cool thing. Go and eat. The thing is when you're desiring to eat, when you're not hungry, when you're like, I'm full, I don't need to eat, but I want to eat. That's when the world of emotional eating opens up to you. So what I'm asking people to do is when you realize that you are emotionally craving food, step away, literally step away from the kitchen, step away from being in the grocery store, like go into a place where there is no food, where you can be with yourself and connect with yourself to a very simple, simple practice of breathing. breeding. So it's called yogic breeding, where you breathe in and out by the nose. There's a series of reasons as to why we need to breathe in and out for the nose. One of them being that it shifts your nervous system from being in fight or flight to being in a rest and digest place where you can actually relax. Most of the time when we want to emotionally eat is because we are in a fight or flight part of our nervous system. We are stressed about something. So the number one thing to do when we begin this journey is learn to shift this nervous system to a place of rest and digest by being in a place where we can lay down, sit down, close our eyes, start breathing in and out by the nose, and literally bring our mind, which is overly active at that point, back into our body. The reason why we emotionally eat is because we've got to this place of, in my viewpoint, of emotional deprivation, where we're seeking an answer from our head, from our mind, instead of seeking that answer from our body. So that breathing in and out alongside with scanning your body up and down while you're breathing will bring you back in your body, shift your nervous system, and the wisdom of the body will bring up this emotional need that you're having and will release it.
0: So one of the fundamentals that you and I agree on so much, and and frankly, I don't know how anyone else could start anywhere else, is self awareness mm-hmm. and taking a moment. There is so much to be had in that taking a moment. And Stephanie and I don't do everything the same, and we <laughs> know each other, so I know I told her I was like, I'm going to disagree with you on the yeah. air about something. <laughs> and I'll tell you what that is. I actually am in a place, and and it's just my own experiment, you guys. But I'm in a place where. now where if i'm emotionally eating i do it anyway like if i'm Mm -hmm. eating and i'm like i'm only eating because i'm stressed and i i do it anyway most of the time so that's the that's just one nuance that i want to share with everybody to just share different points of view here and that is that the power of what stephanie's saying is making a huge difference in my life i am just taking the moment. So if I'm standing in front of the pantry or standing in front of the fridge, as we do, I ask myself, you know, what am I doing? What do I want? What am I doing? What do I want? So I'm doing exactly what Stephanie is saying, but it doesn't always change my behavior I, because I'm really practicing not depriving myself. And right now, everything that even comes close to deprivation is out for me. It's just Mm -hmm. off the table because my deprivation was always swinging back the other way. And so I think that the commonality here is where the power is. And it's in that moment, Stephanie, it's where we stop and we say, what is this? Is this hunger in my belly? Is this a hole in my heart? Like, what is this? And there's so much power in taking that moment with ourselves and being conscious, no matter what you do next?
1: It's the first step to everything that I help people with. Number one is awareness of what is going on right now, that it is through you understanding your pattern, that it is through you understanding why you're standing in front of the cupboard. Number one step. Now, in my formula that I've told you about, all I'm asking is for my uh, my clients and my patient to take that breathing moment that 5 or 10 minutes and if they leave that space and they still want to eat don't deprive yourself go eat girlfriend
0: well let's talk about why you say that what did it look like when you tried to control your eating and what did it look like for you when the pendulum swung back the other way
1: disaster like i ate everything in front of me everything that i couldn't eat so i for an example when i went uh, on a paleo diet a strict paleo diet all i crave was bread And then when I started eating bread, like I wouldn't stop because I was depriving myself of bread from this place of non-self-awareness and non-intentionality, just because I was told this was bad, I would just eat all the bread inside or all the ice cream inside or all the cheese inside because I couldn't have it. And that's why it's important that if you still crave, but you know where it's coming from, and you still crave, go and have it because you're going to put yourself in a place of deprivation again and suppressing even more your emotion.
0: That was such a big aha for me and something that you and I have talked about just off the air. It's just, you know, What is the key to cracking the code here? We just have so many messages. First, about it's like we all go through the same journey and we just go through it different times. First, it's restrict your calories, exercise, and lose weight, right? And then Mm -hmm. something comes along and bonks us over the head and says, well, that's not right. That doesn't work. Or it works for a short amount of time. Then, oftentimes, we get on a particular train. I think you you got Mm -hmm. on the, did you get on the paleo train? Paleo and then keto train. Okay, so you got on the paleo train and the keto train. I've gotten on every single train.
1: <laughs> and then the low-fat train a few years ago.
0: Oh, I've been on a lot of trains, Stephanie. What happened to you when you went on the keto train? What was your experience?
1: Uh, carb binging. I was going keto and it was all like calories and counting your ketones and it was all left brain head thinking, right? Yeah. Not about how I felt. And I still remember and not and I'm not saying that keto is bad. I'm just saying like there's different shade of keto. I went like as everything in life, type A personality, like all the way keto, right? 15 grams of carbs a day and bacons and like all that stuff.
0: Like freebasing coconut oil.
1: I have a whole blog post on my website, like everything was surrounding coconut oil in my life, from my hair to my food. But you know what happened is I had massive digestive issue. Like I need a certain level of carb for my digestive function to function for me. And although I have those digestive issues, kept guess what I was keeping doing? Because I'm like, something is wrong with me. Everybody loses weight when they're in keto and they feel fantastic and I'm not. So if I try harder and I control and I restrict more, it's bound to work because it's my body who's broken.
0: You're describing the journey of so many people right now, Stephanie, and it doesn't work. It falls apart. And the only common denominator that we can find is us.
1: Yep. And it's because we're approaching it from the wrong place. I have many friends who approach the ketogenic lifestyle from a place of love and nourishment without restriction and they're thriving. They're not approaching it from a place of restriction, hardcore, something is wrong with me. I just got to be harder on myself. And I think that's the differentiating factor between where I was and where they are.
0: What is the role of self-compassion as we rebuild our relationship with food?
1: Tremendous. I mean, I've got this this thing called the five deficiency that leads to binge eating and self-compassion along with self-worth are the number one element that will lead you to binge eating. Self-compassion begins by self-awareness. You cannot be compassionate towards ourself if you're not present with yourself because you will keep beating yourself all the time. So when you're in front of the pantry and you ask yourself, why am I here? What am I trying to achieve? And you recognize those two questions, you find the answer for yourself. You are expressing compassion towards yourself because you are acknowledging what you are feeling if that makes sense.
0: It does. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show with you now, Stephanie, is because I'm, I'm presenting a lot of left brain work really <laughs> right now about dealing with habits and dealing with binge eating and recognizing how much of our habits have to do with just brain patterns that we've created because I'm fascinated by it. And it feels like I'm the keys to the kingdom, you know, figuring all of that stuff out. But I wanted to balance it out mm-hmm. with some of the truth about, The more empathic stuff where we actually are paying attention to what our souls are asking for, what we need, what we are truly looking for, because it's all a part of this big, complicated picture.
1: Human experience. And and I want to say something to you here. You're a very driven female business owner, lady boss, type A personality, right? And the same thing as me. And we are often left brain people, meaning that we find comfort in science and logical pattern. We find it very uncomfortable to talk about the non-scientifically demonstrated stuff.
0: It's, It's one of the reasons I love this work so much is because this is a space, honestly, for me to deal in both. And to be able to to really nourish that side of my life. So so Hmm. I very selfishly get so much out of doing this work with you guys because I get to I get to talk about these things with you. I, I get to talk about things that Stephanie, I don't talk about anywhere else. I mean, and I think it's important, not just from a selfish point of view, but for all of us to really explore all of these things and to call them what they are. When we can unravel this stuff and just call them what they are, call them by name, then Mm -hmm. we're back in control and control is a funny word. I just mean, we're the one, we're the master of our own ceremony. So if I'm stuffing because I'm stressed, but I call it that and I say what it is, then that doesn't leave room for that feeling where it's like, oh, I'm broken. oh, I'm broke. No, you're not broken. No, you're not. Your brain's doing this because of the habits that you have formed. They keep reinforcing themselves because your lower brain is fighting for survival and thinks that all change is a threat to its survival. You are trying to stuff a hole in your heart that food won't fill, but it's a great go-to. And if you pay attention to your emotions and to what your brain is doing, like you might actually get somewhere with this. But Steph, I just love what you bring to the table, which is this picture of self-awareness of helping us take a hard look at our self-care routines and our Mm -hmm. self-talk and our love for our body and our self-compassion. And I know we're just scratching the surface. I just thought it would be interesting to share your journey and your story with people. And partially because I want to continue the story Tell me about what you're doing with Beyond the Food.
1: So the Beyond the Food started as a podcast and now I want to build it into a platform. So I have the Going the Beyond the Food project that's going to be releasing November 1st to the 8th, which is a platform for expert like you, like medical doctors, psychotherapists to come in and talk about and explore those various angle that we just talked about that is our relationship to food with a goal of Healing with a goal of weight loss with a goal of feeling and being better for good permanently. So it is a a, an online conference. You can be in the comfort of your home and every day from November 1st to the 8th, I'm gonna send you an email with three to four expert speaker that are gonna explore in depth different angle of that. So it's an online conference from the comfort of your home.
0: And how much? What's the price of admission? Free. Oh, it's everybody's favorite (laughs) price of admission
1: totally free. There is a monetization behind that is if you love it and you want to keep it, I'm selling a membership access so you can keep all the video, the audio, the transcript, the bonus for free. But that comes at the tail end, but you can watch it all for free first.
0: Yeah, I think that's important because this is not just a program, it's a movement. And it's a movement I want to be a part of, Stephanie. And and I'm not kidding when I say that the video that we did together is one of the best interviews that I've ever enjoyed myself, personally. Um, and I want everybody to see it. So there's that. But also, I just, you know, this is how we're going to change the world. And it's free and it's in the comfort of our own homes I'm not just talking about this this particular summit this program that you're doing Stephanie I'm just talking about this information and having these conversations like this is everything that lights me up is just continuing these conversations continuing to keep it real continuing to keep it honest and be honest with ourselves and tell ourselves the truth and Stephanie I just I thank you for being a part of that conversation with me and a part of my own journey
1: and and thank you and thank you for having a platform and to Which we can share this openly with a lot of pleasure. The other thing I want to send to the listener is with this type of movement that both Ella and I are doing, we're going against the grain of the weight loss in the fitness industry. And that is a massive talk about corporation, that is a massive business. So the more you can share this information with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your girlfriend, the better we can make a change because let's honest we'll never have the power of marketing of the weight loss and in the fitness industry so it's a grassroots movement that i'm trying to put together alongside with people like you to help get this information to the masses.
0: Stephanie, thank you for everything you're bringing to the table. And I look forward to sharing your free program with everybody and I'm just honored to be a part of it. But thanks for telling the truth and thanks for showing up and just telling the truth about how hard it is, how messy it is and how grateful we are to even have these options. Do you you know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. I mean, when we really think about it, how how lucky are we that these are our problems?
1: That's the first world problem, isn't it?
0: Yeah, no, no lie. And I think about that too. And I think, sorry, random sidebar here at the last minute, but I, I don't want to cheapen Those of you who struggle with your relationship with food or struggle with feeling like there's something wrong with you, I don't want to cheapen that experience by saying, well, other people have bigger problems than you. And that's not what I mean at all, because your experience is your experience. And frankly, you're having it for a reason. And somebody else is having their own experience at the same time, aren't we so like, aren't our lives so rich? If this is the conversation that we're able to have, I mean, we're, we're not talking about survival. We're talking about Living our fullest life, becoming whole so that we can serve our real purpose and spend our energy on what we want to spend it on.
1: Oh, we can do a whole show on that because I think the reason why we crave so much food is because we're so far off as a human experience where we should be because we're creating all those problems that really are not. And that's taking us away from our real way of living this human experience.
0: Let me just leave you guys with this. You are here for so much more than a debate with the refrigerator like you just have so much more to do and if we can be any part of you putting that behind you and dismissing it and moving on to put your energy into living like your absolute best life then I'm in that's the train I want to be on Stephanie high five (laughs) thanks girl talk to you later gal pal bye bye